The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone on the East Coast, and good morning, everyone on the West Coast. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Have you ever heard the phrase, look on the bright side? Well, according to Jesse Richards' explosive nonfiction debut, The Secret Peace, Exposing the Positive Trend of World Events, the bright side doesn't require much looking for and hasn't for quite some time. Far from taking a frivolous pie-in-the-sky approach to the state of the world, The Secret Peace offers up extensively researched facts to contend with the doom and gloom perpetuated by political agendas and the media with the veritable arsenal of data powerful enough to sway even the most adamant Nancy negatives out there, the secret peace really tells us about the inevitability of world peace and goes so far as to prove that it's already here for many parts of the world. Jesse Richards has always worked at the intersection of culture design and writing and technology, and for over a decade he's examined thousands of sources to research the positive trends of the world. Jesse is now the director of product for IAC company Proust.com, a place for families to share and preserve their life stories. Welcome, Jesse Richards. Thanks so much for having me, Patricia. Well, when I saw this come across my desk, I said, yep, this is the show for me because I'll tell you, you know, this is what I do. But it's very hard to find someone with this global view. Now, I have had on Lynn McTaggart, who you might know about, She's pretty amazing, and she's written The Intention Experiment, which shows how if people around the world are thinking and putting their intention on positive events, they, they can happen. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about what you, what's in your book. You talk about world peace, a static end goal, a fluid standard that pushes us to keep progressing. So speak about that. Well, you know, a lot of us look at world peace as sort of a static thing, like we'll never get to world peace, um, instead of looking around the world and realizing that, oh, a lot of the world is at peace now, um, yep. you know, by any standard that our ancestors had when they envisioned world peace, they just envisioned a sort of abundance, um, and a lot of the world has that now. We've really fulfilled the dream of a lot of our ancestors, and we didn't even realize it. Interesting. And what do you mean by that? Explain that. Um, Just that, you know, peace has a lot of different uh, definitions, but on any sort of standard, we see progress happening and we see progress going on. So my my book doesn't claim that, um, you know, everything today is hunky-dory, that there's no bad news in the world. There's terrible things that happen every day. It's just that there were a lot more terrible things in the past. 
<laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, we see progress increasing faster than the bad news increases. Can you give us some good news? What do you feel is really great that's going on in our world right now? Um, on almost any factor. I mean, look at the uh, education. The literacy rate of the entire world, the average, is 83%. I never would have guessed that that was that high. Um, when I was born, which was only a little over 30 years ago, it was only 60%. Um, you know, nuclear weapons in the world. We, we still have these terrible engines of destruction, but the number of nuclear weapons in the world has decreased by almost 75% since its height in the 80s. Um, life expectancy keeps going up. Um, the percentage of the world in poverty keeps going down. All of these trends and statistics um, are advancing slowly behind the scenes, and they don't get reported on in the media because they're not sudden, exciting pieces of news that happen in a flash. Um, so it's harder to cover them and to build stories out of them. True. And I've often said that so much of what we see in the news is a negative, but there's also very, very positive things going on. You see some of that, but not as much as you see the negative. So how much do you think the media is uh, the culprit here? I think they are in large part, um, and I don't want to place all the blame on them because I think we have uh, an underlying human instinct to focus on the negative because, you know, when we were evolving in the past, uh, if you went around pie in the sky thinking everything was fine, there would be, you know, a bear that pounced on you or something. So I think it's in our natures to be skeptical, to be focusing on the negative, and when you focus on the negative, it has the advantage of then you you know, try to fix that thing and you try to work on it, which is good. It's just, you know, with the media, you can take one little piece of negative news and blast it out and enlarge it to such proportions that it, the, the positive framework or sort of context about it doesn't get shown at all. Very interesting. All right, well, let's move on to some other things. Declining war, advancing health, equal rights, you know, the reasons why the world is undergoing these proven and powerfully positive changes. So let's take one of them and expound on that. Okay, we'll take uh, equal rights, for example. Um, I have a chapter in the book about equality, and uh, you just look at the history of any disenfranchised group, and history shows us them marching towards equal rights, um, often at different paces and at different times. Um, but there are almost no examples of backwards progress on equal rights over any extended period of time. Okay. And we see that. We see that with gay rights, for example, if you look right, at that. Right, exactly. And they're progressing uh, along the same path that many other minority groups progressed in this country, just over uh, a very quick t- time scale, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you... Now, you say declining war. Be specific there, please. Sure. Um, You know, it's tough to get out of the context of the U.S. You know, war isn't declining for us. We're we're stuck in two wars right now. But when you look at either just the number of uh, wars around the world, that number has been going down for decades. It really reached its height in the early 90s and has been dropping since then if you measure it by the number of people killed in wars around the world, that number has been dropping. I mean, a lot of people compare uh, 
our sort of situation in Afghanistan to our situation in Vietnam in the 70s. And, you know, I think something like 55,000 Americans died in Vietnam and about one to 2,000 Americans have died in Afghanistan. And it, mm. it's hard to use statistics like that and not sound callous to not say like, oh, it's better. But, you know, when you, when you look at sort of a longer arc of history, uh, that is an improvement. Yeah, well, but then you look at Israel and Palestine. Uh, and you might look at Darfur, for example. I mean, there are some tough places right now. Sure, there definitely are. Um, but Israel and Palestine has been in that situation for decades. I mean, there was a time when people yes. thought the situation in Northern Ireland was intractable. Um, and that was eventually resolved relatively peacefully. Is everything perfect 100%? Not yet, but you know, some of these situations are more hard to solve than others, and they're sort of gonna take a longer time. Now, you talk about, in your book, the recession, which is still right with us. A lot of people are very scared, as you know. There's a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. Talk about why you think it's imperative that we keep an eye on long-term perspective and critical thinking in this time of crisis. Um, the difficulty with the recession is that um, it's so easy to lose context when your own personal situation is, is dire. I mean, I've been laid off from jobs before, I've been unemployed, um, you know, it, it, you, you immediately focus on that as you should because that, that has to be your first priority. But when you look at the numbers, you look at a history of, we've had recessions in the past, we keep having them, we're going to keep having them in the future. We're going to have irrational financial bubbles that pop. They've been happening ever since, you know, 400 years ago when the Dutch invested in tulips too much. Um, it's just going to keep happening, and to look at sort of a positive outlook of this too shall pass, it will eventually get better, um, is, is important because I think the biggest danger is sort of apathy or giving up or thinking that there's nothing we can do about it. So for you, it's, it's working together? Is it, is it finding support? Is it getting teams of people? I mean, where do you see, where does the answer lie? Um, I, I think it's definitely uh, in terms of building community, getting people together, connecting with those closest to you and leaning on them. In my book, I, I talk about what's driving to peace, and I, I think it's the spread of knowledge. That's what distinguishes humans from the animals, is that we have the ability to learn things and to pass those on to our future generations, not just through our genes, but through knowledge that we save. And I think uh, accessing that human knowledge um, on a personal level means finding out other people who've been in the situation before and leaning on them and hearing their stories. Um, and then on a larger level, it's really doing a lot of research when you're looking at issues, um, learning everything that you can. We all have this amazing amount of information at our fingertips now, and I think accessing that is what's important. You know, one of the things you write about in your book is why we are programmed to be pessimists, fear-mongering, sensationalism. Um, why are we programmed to be pessimists? What do you see there? I think it's just, I think it's just natural. I think, um, again, if we were just sort of 
happy-go-lucky all the time, we'd miss a lot of opportunities. By being a little bit cynical or a little bit upset at the status quo at any given moment, it inspires you to change it. Um, you know, the world wasn't ever changed by people who were happy with the way things were. Um, I'm not trying to sort of correct 100% where everyone is sort of resting on their laurels and happy. I just want to correct a little bit because I think we've gone too far to the negative. I think we need to just bring it back a little bit and try to keep things in perspective. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, you're relatively a young man or I would say you are a young man, and coming up with these really um, amazing statistics and facts that you have gathered, do you find that other people you talk to of different ages, maybe 10 years older, 20 years older, 30 years older, have different perspectives from you, or do you think it's not about age? No, I definitely think they do, but I've seen it in, in the way you wouldn't expect. I've seen that the older um, you get, the more perspective you have and context, and you realize, oh, yeah, things aren't too bad. I've lived through worse. I've seen worse, you know, stuff like that. I, I think with the very youngest people who are spoiled isn't the right word, but, like, haven't seen uh, the worst things, I think small things uh, can get to them. And, and, you know, this is where you get all this sort of energy when you're young to, like, really want to change things. And I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's something wonderful to harness. Um, but I, I definitely see different perspectives with the different ages. Interesting. And you're saying not necessarily more negative as you get older is what you're saying, not necessarily. Right, exactly. Um, but I think a lot of it is completely dependent on your personal experience. You take two people and you give them two different personal experiences and everything that they see and everything that they see in the media is going to be filtered through that lens. Um, part of what I tried to do with the book, um, while on the one hand admitting that the same thing happened to me and I'm seeing things through my own lens and trying to get past that, uh, is to say, let's try to look at some of these things objectively. Let's not look at anecdotal evidence. Let's look at statistics. Let's look at the longer picture of history. Um, to really see what's happening. And that's what you've done in your research. Right, exactly. Which is, which is really interesting. Now, one of the things that I find fascinating is that you are the organizer of one of the largest art meetups in the world. And it is called Meetup, correct? Meetup.com? Mm -hmm. That's right. Explain what that is. And I know that it, it helps people self-organize into local community groups. Are these groups of artists, are they in one particular area? Meetup is actually uh, great. It's a company where I used to work. And it's not just artists. It's for any sort of community group that you might be interested in. Um, it's a great sign of the secret piece, in my opinion, because it's taking complete strangers and having them meet up in person in real life successfully. So there are meetups about uh, stay-at-home moms that get together for support. There are meetups uh, to walk your dog together. There are meetups to go to the park. There's meetups to play your guitar together. Um, there's meetups to rally for political causes. Um, and all of these just show the power of individuals to get together to enact change. Um, I'm an artist. My hobby is art. So I decided to, to run the Central Park Sketching and Art Meetup Group in New York. Um, and every two weeks, 
you know, 40 or so artists get together and we just sketch different parks. And it's great to see sort of that sense of community among people who were complete strangers. Isn't that exciting? And this is in the city, in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there's meetups all over the world. And who created that? Uh, Meetup was founded in 2002 or 2003 by uh, Scott Heiferman. Um, it's, uh, the company is based in New York, and they have, I think, probably 100,000 uh, individual meetup groups now. Amazing. Do you think, Jesse, that having the meetup groups is part of that whole concept of hope and really feeling positive about the world because you're bringing so many people together for good cause? Oh, I definitely think it is. Um, one of the nice things about Meetup is, you know, you get reviews after each one of the events. And when I worked there, we would read the reviews from groups, and you'd constantly see comments like, I can't believe everyone was so nice, or I was nervous to go, but everyone seemed so normal, and everyone was so nice there. And, you know, I'm an optimist. This is my feeling deep down, is that most people are nice. Most people are nice and normal, and the news reports on the aberrations, on the, the couple people that are, you know, killers or lunatics or do crazy things. Um, mm. There's so few of those people, that's why they're news. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've been watching, um, or I, it was in the news, the Warren Jeffs with the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints. And they keep showing that over and over, and yet, as you said, it's, it's a minority. It's a mm -hmm. 1%, if that. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Right. Now, again in your book, you talk about a society rife with poverty and disease to widespread health and education. So how do you see that, and what are the lessons in history we can learn in other words, from poverty and disease to health and education? Um, I think something that a lot of uh, Americans aren't aware of is just the amount of progress that's been made in the developing world, um, in what used to be called the third world. Um, and, you know, the, the path that the West took, that Europe and America took 100 or 200 years ago that brought a lot of people out of poverty and started giving us progress is happening around the world. And it's the exact same path. Uh, it's just happening later. And uh, a lot of people aren't aware of, for example, that in Africa, 40% of Africans now own a mobile phone. Um, you know, that it, there's not this stereotype of this just impoverished world, that these are active, thriving cities around the world with people just like us that are striving for progress. Um, and I, I think we tend to lose sight of that, um, caught up in our own local news, which is only natural. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of technology and the advancements that we have, I mean, that's pretty amazing. If you look at where we are and where we've been in the last 10 years, I mean, technology is just, you know, every three months it's changing. Right. So what, what do you see there? I mean, that's a real positive. Yeah, I think it's a great positive. And I, I work uh, in the Internet industry, and that's what is really most appealing to me. It's where you see this change the fastest. Um, I work for a company now called Proust.com, which is a social network for uh, sharing your, your personal stories with your, your close family. Um, and I think, again, this is a site that brings people together 
And I think the Internet can be used for this, just like Meetup. Instead of making us sort of colder and having us sit at home at our computers, these things can actually bring people together from around the world and help unite us more. And I think that's one of technology's uh, greatest accomplishments and where we're seeing the most growth in technology. Jesse, how do you see this playing out in the business world? Everything you're saying in terms of fast forward and being positive with the technology, uh, what do you see? I just see, you know, a lot of information technology and Internet technology keep growing. Um, as I mentioned before, I think the, the causes of the progress and the peace we're seeing are our ability to spread and accumulate information and pass it on. And we've reached a point where now everyone can generate information, can write on their blogs, can tweet and post any sort of information. And now I think the technology is catching up and finding ways to filter that and help help us understand all that information overload and help us sort through it. And I think that's where there's going to be a lot of growth sort of in the information business too. So what do you say to people right now who might be listening to this program saying, I'm really worried. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about my own future. I may be in transition. I may lose my job. Um, I'm worried about my stability and security. What's your advice I think the the biggest advice is just not to become um, sort of defeatist, defeatist or apathetic about it, but to realize that it's within your power to change that and to look for examples of times in the past when you've overcome things or when your parents or people close to you have overcome things and look to those examples for stories of how to deal mm. with whatever situations or things that are frightening today. What do you, where do you see the opportunity today, Jesse? The opportunity to... For, for work, for opportunities, for entrepreneurs, for, you know, where, where do you see the opportunity for growth? I just think anything related to the Internet is, is, is where it's going to be. I mean, America's great for fostering entrepreneurs, and we're seeing them in every industry, and it's the little bug that people get that, oh, I see something and I can do it better, or I have a better idea for this, and that's what inspires people to do more, and I think um, if you have a passion for anything and you're interested in some sort of topic, become an expert on it, learn about that, and look for ways that you can improve it, and then if you figure out ways, there will be a demand for that, and people will need that. At any age, you're saying... Oh, or at most ages. Right. And, you know, when you work with these groups, whether it's Meetup or whether it's the new group that you've been talking about, are the ages mixed? Is it all ages and stages and genders? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it can be anybody from 20 to 70. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the older or, or, generation or have been adopting the Internet stuff um, most recently in the past couple years at lightning speed. Um, on Proust.com, where I'm connected with my family, uh, my grandmother is on the site, and she's sharing, sharing stories about when she grew up, and it's just great to hear. Now, if people want to be part of the organization you just mentioned, where families can get together and share stories, tell us how they would find out about that. Sure. That's at Proust.com. It's P-R-O-U-S-T. It's like the, it's named after the French writer, Marcel Proust. Um, mm. Just go to the site, check it out, take a look. It's free. Uh, Meetup is free, too. That's at Meetup.com. Try any of it. 
And what can people expect when they go online to these sites? Um, I think expect... um, To share your story? Yeah, exactly. Um, To look for ways... I mean, the deeper part of it beyond the technology is just ways to connect to people, ways to bring people Mm -hmm. closer together. Proust focuses on bringing you closer together with your family and your closest friends. Meetup focuses on bringing you together with people that have similar interests to you that you might not even know. All of them are ways for us to connect to people in deeper ways. What if there is a social issue that you're interested in, whether it's poverty or whether it's advancing health or equal rights? Can you specify that and meet up with groups with similar interests? Yeah, you definitely can. You can do a search on Meetup and look for groups that are interested in it. Um, If there's any one of those interests or passions that you have, I would just recommend using the Internet to become as educated as you can about it. You know, start on Wikipedia and then just branch out and look for things and always look for both sides of the story. Yes. What, um, What motivated you to really try to prove the inevitability of what you call world peace? Um, I was always interested in peace. I was raised by my, my parents were sort of activists. They were hippies back when they were younger. And uh, it was always a topic that we were interested in. And then when I got older, um, after September 11th, actually, my friend and I set out to become better informed about the world around us because we saw a lot of misinformation about there, um, just out in the media and my coworkers at the time. And uh, we just sought out to become better informed. And as I started doing more and more research, I saw these positive trends that were sort of between the lines and not being covered. And I started weaving them together, and they sort of told this story of world peace behind the scenes. Mm. Excellent. The name of your book is The Secret Peace, Exposing the Positive Trends of World Events. How can people find your book and, 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 uh, and, and you? Um, just, you know, do a search for The Secret Piece and it'll come up. Um, if you do a search on Amazon, the book's available on Amazon both in print and as an ebook for the Kindle or whatever. Um, just do a search there and take a look. And my blog is at secretpiece.com. Okay. And you have some great statistics in your book about how the IQ scores keep going up and um, that nuclear weapons have decreased by mm-hmm. quite a large percent. So, I mean, you have, you have quite a bit of research here that you have looked at. Yeah, it took me about four years to write the book, and there's literally thousands of pieces of information there. But I try to weave it together in a way that is accessible and tells a clear story that's sort of easy to follow and enjoyable. All right, and the website again is? Um, Secretpeace.com. Secretpeace.com, and if anyone wants to write you, they can do it through the website. Definitely. All right. Jesse, it's really been a pleasure to have you on the program um, with such a terrific attitude and with some facts and proof behind the attitude. Thank you very much, and um, stay on the line. We really appreciate you coming on the program. Thanks so much, Patricia. All right, stay on the line. Our guest has been Jesse Richards, and his book is The Secret Peace, Exposing the Positive Trend of World Events. Give peace a chance. All fact, no filler. 
And we're talking to Jesse Richards, who's a Mensa member, about the truth behind world priestess proliferation. Remember, folks, oh, and you can log on to secretpeace.com and write to Jesse from there. And it's a, a wonderful book. Again, The Secret Peace, Exposing the Positive Trend of World Events. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com. I've just sent out my August newsletter and would be happy to put you on the list. Again, um, stay healthy, stay happy. Again, get that support you need and know, really know, that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, for Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.